just about managed to pull myself together. I'm an avid rugby fan, so I was gripped to the Scotland-France match, knowing that I should like leave to come and get down here with you guys. And I was torn to watch in the last few minutes. Good news is Scotland won, just in case anyone is wanting to know. So in our house, that's been a great weekend of rugby because my husband is obviously an Ireland supporter, and it's all fine until Scotland play Ireland, and then there's deep divisions within our marriage. So, um, so my name's Emma. I, I work for CAP. I've been involved with CAP for about the last five years, um, doing a couple of different things. I um, manage a CAP job club um, over in Willowfield Parish Church um, that's been running for, for five years now, and that's just reaching out into our local community and supporting folks who are unemployed. Um, we have great privilege of trying to help support them with um, things like interview skills and CVs and just get, getting folks back in that journey towards uh, work and it's been amazing. Uh, we've seen lots of people get jobs over the last four, five years. Uh, we've also seen lots of people come to faith over the last five years through the Job Club which, which has been amazing. Um, I also work as an area manager for CAP, it sounds quite grand, uh, but I, I just look after some churches and help support them uh, in running their CAP services, which includes you guys here at in, in Foundation um, Church. I'm married to Niall and we have three children, Lily, Finn and Jonah, so it's always a lot of noise and chaos in, in, in our house, so this is quite a calm Sunday evening compared to what I know is happening in my house right now. Homework, school bags, we found out that my daughter had PE Friday afternoon and has left her whole school uniform at school so she has no school shoes to go to school tomorrow morning I'd like to tell you that that's the sort of thing that never happens in our house that's absolutely standard Jackson business for a Sunday evening um, so I'm very glad to be here with you not least because of that, that chaos at home um, this evening I want to speak from the Bible about what God's word says if we take it seriously um, that there really are demands on us um, for how we should make space for the poor and that's how we make space for the poor in terms of our thinking and theology, in terms of our treasure, our, our finances and resources, and also in terms of what we do with our time. And I pray that at the end of this evening that, that all of our hearts would be moved by the God of compassion who calls us to care more for the poor, who calls us to be generous givers and share the resources that we have. And finally, the God that calls us to act on behalf of the poor and include them in our time and our hospitality. And I want to think really specifically about the life skills group that you guys have just got uh, underway with um, this evening. God's love and, and compassion for the poor is this thread that we can see that's weaved all the way throughout scripture. Um, and it's something that does challenge us, isn't it? We read it from the law, from the prophets, from the Psalms, right the way through to the apostle Paul. God is constantly urging us to speak up for and to make space for the poor. That's people who are struggling to survive, maybe physically, emotionally, spiritually, people with no voice or power or influence with society. And if we were to count or to see how many times it's mentioned throughout the Bible, it does appear that we perhaps need reminded about this. Um, like any good parent, God recognised that this was something that if we were to choose this difficult path ahead, that we would need to be told time and time again that it is our responsibility, that we do need to do the right thing, and we need to put aside our own needs and to think of others. But we can only do the right things if we think the right things. Our behaviour flows from our belief. Um, just as we read in Romans where here where it says that we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So this evening, let's allow God's word to renew our minds as we look at perhaps just a few examples of the God-given challenges that we have to make space for the poor in how we think.
So said the Psalms, the Proverbs, prophets, they constantly inspire and challenge us to care for the poor. Psalm 82 says, defend the weak and the fatherless, uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Proverbs 21 says, whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. I'm gonna try and move this up a wee bit, but no, okay, I'll do that. Maybe, yeah, maybe just move that up just a tiny wee bit, David. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so it said, whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. That's quite a stark thing to hear, isn't it? You know, we're gonna cry and we're not going to be answered. And this is a theme that we read in Isaiah 58, when God says, you cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. You see, at that time, the Israelites were living a life that did not reflect God's heart of compassion and care for the poor. So when they were coming before him and praying and in their quiet times and in their fasting, they were being ignored, or to them, it felt like they were being ignored. God says, this is what I really want you to do. This is what believing in me really looks like. Do this, and then I'll listen to you. And in Isaiah 58, we read, Is not this kind of fasting I have chosen? to lose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? Then you will call and the Lord will answer your cry for help and he will say, here I am. I think from reading that, it should come as no surprise to us that Jesus chose the words from Isaiah 61 to announce his, his ministry, his, his mission, his time on earth, if it was to be kind of like thought of as his inaugural speech, his sort of political setting out of his stall about what he was going to do. It's a summary of his, his mission and purpose. And as we read just a moment ago, it, Jesus says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for captives, release from darkness for the prisoners and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted. And as God's children and Jesus' followers, we need to ask ourselves, is his mission our mission? Is the purpose of his life the purpose of our lives too, to proclaim good news to the poor. Because it's simply not enough to pray, to come to church, to do the right things, if we're not looking after the poor, if we're not making space for them in our thinking, in our finances, and in our time. When God was setting out his law for the Israelites and for his people, he made ways for them to make space for the poor with their finances, our income, what, what we own. Um, in Leviticus, we read um, the instructions that God gave his people about the land and the harvest. And it says, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. 
Obviously, God was speaking these instructions into an agricultural society. Um, I don't know if many of us in this room today are, are farmers. If you're busy preparing your land for the spring and about to sow your, your, your seeds, we do have chickens, but our ability to be self-sufficient or live off them in any way is just not possible. Um, and so today, like the majority of us are, are not farmers, that might feel like a little bit of an abstract concept um, to us. But there's some really clear principles that we can take from that and apply to our modern day lives. You see, God was basically saying, don't consume all of your produce. Don't keep all of your wealth for yourself. Don't go to the very edge, to the end of your finances and keep it for yourself. Make sure you leave some space around the edges of what you earn and what you have so that you can give that to the poor. And I think most importantly, you say, make sure that you have a plan, that there's something in place to make sure that you do leave. That's something for the poor with your, with your income. You see, God wanted a certain behavior from his people. He wanted them to care for the poor. And so therefore he gave them a system, these really clear instructions for them to do that. We need that as people, don't we? I don't know about you. I'm my happiest when someone tells me exactly what it is that I'm supposed to, to do. And yeah, okay, so we don't have fields today um, that we're gonna leave margins kind of around the edges, but when this idea of leaving margins around our edges of our finances, we can still do today. I would kind of challenge us to think about like direct debits as the modern day space kind of around our finances. If we are know that we're gonna give to, to church, to certain charities, to different organizations, and we're setting out our stall knowing that that's gonna happen at the beginning of the month, I'm gonna make sure that that definitely happens. That's our plan in terms of our resources um, so that we can make that space. So if we're making space for the poor with our thinking and indeed our finances, is that enough? Is that all that God's calling us to do? Personally, I think making space for the poor is perhaps the most challenging for us in our time poor, busy society. How often do we say that? I'm so busy. Oh my goodness, I've just got so much going on. You have no idea. I, I catch myself all the time. Oh, I am so busy. And that busyness, busyness, busyness in that sense of, oh, if only I had enough time, then I would. Or I'll, I'll do that if I, if I could have more time. But true love, true compassion calls for action. Uh, and I think one of the greatest examples of that is like we see in the parable of the Good Samaritan, because the Samaritan not only gave of his money, his income to help that poor man at the side of the road, um, but he got involved and he gave of his time. Um, we understand that he was on a business trip. He was probably quite a busy man, places to go, people to see, and yet he stopped. He got involved. He got down on the ground with that man in that mess of that situation. And he was prepared to be delayed, take a bit longer time, and he got involved. He gave of his time. And you see, Jesus is calling us to do that also here and now, to give of our time, to make sure that we make space for the poor in our own lives. Um, and he's really specific, actually, in terms of making sure we make space for the poor at our table. Um, we read in Luke 14, then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives, your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and you'll be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, 
the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. I don't know about you, but that, that's quite challenging. Do you know, if I think about who I've had in my home for supper, for tea, even since the start of this year, it's been my friends. You know, I don't know when was the last time recently that we've gathered up some folks that we, we don't really know or we know that are in real need and brought them alongside our table. But Jesus is quite clear in this passage, isn't he? That we aren't simply just to be friends with those who are like us or rather people that we like to spend our time with. We're meant to include those that are different from us, those who need actually perhaps more than we do and to bring them into our lives and our time and actually around our table. But what if you maybe don't know anyone like that that you could bring along your table, which is a really fair uh, kind of question. What if nobody uh, in poverty is that you, you know, or indeed nobody like that is coming to your church? Well, we would say this is where CAP steps in. Opening a CAP service is all about God's people, his church, you guys, having the opportunity to connect with and to love and to draw alongside people who need love and support, who need Jesus. And this is exactly where the CAP Life Skills group that you guys have just got going is, is going to be all about, giving you that opportunity, connect with people on these local streets and in this local area who are in real need of, of more. I'm not sure how familiar you are with the work of CAP or, or, or the organisation that, that we are. The CAP um, has been running now for 22 years. Um, the charity began in very humble beginnings with one man uh, and a desire uh, to reach out to those who are in debt. And 22 years later, we now have 600 uh, frontline services with 600 different churches right the way across the United Kingdom. Last year, we helped 21,000 people um, and connected with them and supported with them. And it's absolutely incredible to see what God has done um, by just connecting with people who have a desire to help, to get out of their comfort zone uh, and to do something within their local communities. And Life Skills is just all about that. It's about drawing alongside and, and helping people. If you've ever been there yourself, you'll know that life on a low income um, actually isn't really easy. In fact, it can be really difficult making decisions about what to buy and what to eat, what you can afford, it can be really tricky. Trying to live within a small means can become such a source of stress and tension within a family and put relationships under real strain. Small problems have the potential to become big ones and wrong choices could have a big impact. Not all of us have the resources or resilience to manage the challenges that life on a low income can throw up. And CAP Life Skills is all about empowering people to make better choices and giving people the confidence and decision-making to improve their lives. And so across the UK, we're now running CAP Life Skills groups, which just reach out to folks to enable them, as I say, to make better choices, better decisions, and most of all, to show them that there's hope and that there indeed is a future. And it's done through an eight-week course, um, through one-to-one -one coaching, but mostly through creating a loving and compassionate community where we just show up and show people the love of Jesus. There's a life skills group um, over in Mount Mary in church that's been running uh, maybe for about 18 months now, and I've had the pleasure of being involved with those guys um, over that period of time. And it's been great to kind of watch and hear and see kind of some, some of the stories from, from that. 
Last autumn, Rachel and the team um, started a new course and they opened up their doors to a brand new group of 11 people, um, folks that they'd never met before, but they were stepping out in faith just to provide a very real response to the needs of that community. And each week, those guys created a really welcoming, relaxing environment for the people to come along to. You know, really great hospitality um, where people remember your name uh, and you get a great cup of tea and a bun. Uh, I think in Northern Ireland, we do absolutely nothing unless somebody has a wee bun and a cup of tea uh, in their hand. But somewhere where you feel really valued and welcomed and loved. I think we should never underestimate the loneliness and isolation that exists within our communities and actually the difference that a friendly place can really make to somebody. So many people long to belong and cap life skills. The local church is absolutely where people should belong. Uh, and after they have some refreshments, the groups take the guys across through this eight week course. Uh, and the last time they had this really diverse kind of community of people coming along, there was a, a single mom, a chap who'd got made redundant, there was a young couple on benefits, a recently widowed man, a student, this eclectic mix of people who'd come together to do this course. People who probably otherwise would never have met, but people actually who had so much in common with one another and so much to share with one another because there's so much power and learning together with somebody who's experiencing the same difficulties as you are and actually seeing somebody succeed who's just like you, um, maybe really encourages and inspires you to press more into that and think, wow, just maybe, maybe I could do that. Um, and it was a really practical, fun, interactive course that they had. Um, I know you guys are just getting going, kind of working your way through the workbook and they did all the, the chocolate tasting and uh, loads of different stuff. Uh, they, I got to go along and visit them one week. They were making lunch, the cookery demonstration. That was an inspired week to go along and choose to go and I get to sat down and have some good food with them. Um, the course looks at a range of different areas. Um, if you're not familiar kind of with the, the life skills course, it, three areas mainly are um, money management, healthy eating and healthy relationships. Probably areas actually all of us could benefit with a bit of support on. Um, they look at things like needs versus wants. Like my children need new school shoes. My husband wants a new mountain bike. I'm trying to explore the difference between the two and help us to make kind of good, good choices uh, around that. Um, saving, cooking, and things like anger and forgiveness. You know, stuff that can be really challenging and, and, and really affect people's hearts, but stuff that actually has an amazing opportunity for us naturally and easily to share Jesus with people when we're talking about things, anger and, and forgiveness. Um, and it's a course that just provides people with the tools and encouragements to make changes to their lives for the better. And as well as the course, then people get the chance to spend time one-to-one -one, um, with the coaches and the volunteers that are there. And that's so important, that time to chat and be listened to, to build relationships and experience love and care, and to hear about a God that knows and loves them. And I wanted to tell you a bit of a story about a lady called Jill, um, who went to Mount Merion Life Skills, and she's really happy with me to, to share the story. So Jill found herself uh, becoming a single parent completely out of the blue. It wasn't her life plan at all. Uh, she had a two-year-old daughter and was four months pregnant and her marriage completely broke down and ended and ended all contact um, with, with her husband. Um, and being a single parent for her was just a complete shock to the system. And she now found herself having to take control of everything in the family, finances, 
cooking, looking after the children, absolutely everything. Um, and one of the things at the end of her marriage was her confidence just hit, hit rock bottom. Uh, and she didn't believe uh, that she was worth much and that she was capable of looking after these children. And it was really, really tough for her. Um, and she started connecting in with a local women's um, centre. Uh, and when she was in the local women's centre, she saw a leaflet for the CAP Life Skills. Uh, and she said she doesn't know what it was, but she was just really drawn to looking at that leaflet. We all know that was the Holy Spirit drawing her to look at that leaflet, but she was like, I wonder what that's all about. And she said somehow she got the confidence to ring the number. She spoke to Rachel and lo and behold, she found herself going along to, to life skills. Um, and to begin with, she didn't really speak and she was really nervous and, and found it kind of difficult kind of being there. But as the weeks went on, her confidence grew. She started to make friends. She started to begin to allow herself to realise that the things that had happened to her weren't her fault at all. And that actually she really was very capable of living this life as a single parent well. She perhaps just maybe needed to understand a little bit more about budgeting, about cooking, and to just grow and step into the confidence. She made some great friends. Um, the guys in the team just began to share bits of their faith with her. They began to pray with Jill. Um, and at the very end of the course, they had a big celebration um, for them. They invited them all uh, for lunch uh, and had a guest speaker come along who, who shared his faith uh, on what living a life following Jesus meant, meant to him. And at the end of that session, Jill was just really impacted by everything that happened. And she indeed made a decision to give her life to Jesus there, there and then. Um, and I've just got, had to get the pleasure of getting to know Jill a bit over the last um, sort of six months or so. And she's just changed phenomenally. She's just growing in confidence. And she now knows that she is valued and worthy and loved and that she's a child of God above and beyond anything else, the roles that she has in life. And she's now become part of that church and she's joined a women's group and the children are starting to make friends. And it's just amazing to see the total transformation in her life by having the confidence to pick up that leaflet um, and give a call to, to a CAP life skills group. So I tell you that story to, to encourage you, to, to inspire you. Um, I know you guys are just getting started with your, your life skills group. Um, so know that it will have a massive impact. Sometimes we get caught up in earthly things like the number of people are coming or, oh, we thought maybe it was going to be this or, or, or that. But never underestimate the power of the one-to-one -one relationships that we have with the people that are coming along and that the opportunity that we have just to speak hope and life into every individual. I have one other story to share with you about life skills. This is actually a video, so you don't have to listen to me uh, talking. Um, so this is a video of a lady called Alice, um, who was part of a CAP life skills group um, in London. Um, and Alice's story is, is particularly powerful. So um, yeah, I'll let you watch that and then I'll talk for a little minute afterwards. What a story, right? You know, absolutely amazing. I think she's absolutely beautiful inside and out and completely hilarious. Um, but just so powerful. What a story of hope and, and, and transformation. But you see, the thing is, there are so many Alice's all over the UK, all over Northern Ireland, in Bunganan, Balnahinch, and here in Belfast, right here on the Orma Road. People with stories of shame and despair and hopelessness people carrying this burden of isolation and believing that no one cares, that nothing could change their situation. But we know that through CAP, through the local church, through Jesus, that there is always hope, that 
every situation can be changed. There is nothing that's too far from God that can't be brought back closer to him. Um, and that's just the most powerful and amazing message that we have. And it's a message that we need to, to own and boldly take out into our local community uh, and, and share um, that there, there is always hope for everyone that we might encounter. I know certainly from my own job club, sometimes I've met people over the years and I have wrongly, foolishly met folks and gone, wow, where, where are we going to start with this situation? Oh, I could see maybe you might come to faith, but my goodness, and how wrong, how foolish of me uh, to think that our big, amazing, incredible God could never reach that person that I thought that was never going to come, come to faith. So there is always hope for every single person. The challenge is for us is to believe that we should take that message of hope to those people. Will we boldly go out there and in his name do things like cap life skills and give people the opportunity to meet with him? Because if we don't, who, who, who will, right? Hopefully hearing all of this about cap life skills is for those of you that come here to Foundation has maybe inspired you to get even more involved than, than you already are. I know from speaking to, to David and James, you guys are a collective. Um, so being part of Life Skills is sort of taken as given. If you're here, you're going to get involved at some level. But perhaps this has inspired you, encouraged, maybe challenged you just to think about, right, what, what is my role in this? How can I do a bit more? or even beyond life skills. Life skills is perhaps just one ministry of, of what you guys are doing here, or one way that you can encounter people and share Jesus with him. Perhaps the greatest challenge for us as individuals is how do we go and share Jesus um, in our everyday, in, in our workplaces, with our next door neighbors, in colleges, in university, in schools? How do we step out to those folks um, who are probably hurting and carrying shame and isolation and burden? Um, and have the confidence to say to those guys, there is always hope. Um, would you like to hear my story? Can I share a bit of my, my faith with you? We are genuinely really excited to be partnering with you guys here uh, with your life skills. Uh, and we are watching and praying and we are expectant and excited for all that God is going to do through you over the coming weeks and months and years. Um, sometimes it takes time for, for these things to come together. Our, our earthly expectations of time perhaps aren't in, in, in line with what God has planned for, for a situation. Um, but know that we're, we're really excited and we're really here to draw alongside you and support you in whatever way um, that we can. Perhaps you've been listening this evening about the work of CAP and thinking, well, how can I respond? Is there something else that I can do? How do I really get involved with this? Uh, and one of the ways that, that you can do that is to give financially. Um, perhaps that's something that God has been stirring as we've been talking and looking at his word this evening, is what do you do with, with your resources? As a charity, uh, we are mostly funded by people who choose to give to us on a monthly basis um, through a direct debit, through what we call life changers, because genuinely look at Alice they change, it cap changes, God changes people's lives. And at the moment we have about 29,000 people who stand with us on a monthly basis and choose to give to the work of cap. And put simply, without those people, I wouldn't be here this evening, you guys wouldn't be opening a life skills, we, we just simply wouldn't be doing the work that, that we're doing. 
regular monthly giving enables us to plan, to be strategic, to keep pushing in and to keep advancing the kingdom across the United Kingdom. So giving really is very important. If you feel that you would like to give to the work of CAP, I would be delighted to talk to you about that this evening. Um, I have small little forms to kind of capture some details. You don't have to have your bank details with you, literally a name and a telephone number, and we can kind of follow that up. Every pound counts. Um, some people think, oh, my, my giving would be small. Uh, every single pound is really important towards the, the, the work of CAP. But I appreciate many of you contribute and give uh, elsewhere. And I would never ask that giving to us would be stopping giving somewhere, somewhere else. But listen to what God's been saying to you this evening. Hear that challenge about what you do with your resources, with your time, with your thinking about how you connect, can connect with the poor and those who are most in need of Jesus. I meant to bring one down to the front with me. I have books, um, which is about the story of the charity. It's called Nevertheless, and they're completely free. And I'd absolutely love to give any of you a book uh, if you're really interested about how CAP went from one man uh, to 600 uh, services across the UK and all that God has done um, throughout out that. So I'm going to hang about for as long as people want to chat to me. Um, so do kind of come and chat to me at, at the end. So um, thanks very much for, for your time and thank you for, for listening. It really has been my pleasure to speak. I'd like to just close in prayer, if, if that's all right, just as we finish up to this evening. Father God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are the God of hope and compassion and of transformation. We thank you for Jesus and that through him, because of him, that there is always hope. We thank you for the story of Alison and her inspiration. And we pray, Lord God, that her words would echo in our hearts and minds, that we would be stirred to examine what our own personal response is and how you are calling us to serve the poor. We thank you for that challenge, Lord God. We thank you that as being a follower of you, Jesus, that we are called to more. We're called to be uncomfortable and to challenge ourselves. We pray for the team here at Foundation. Thank you for their boldness to step out into their local community and run CAP Life Skills. And we just pray abundant blessings upon the team as they do this work, Lord God. Be with them. We pray, Holy Spirit, that your love and your presence would just be in and throughout every session. We pray for the three people who are coming along at the moment, Lord God, and they would just have such a powerful experience of you through coming to these sessions. And we pray expectantly that you would lead them into a relationship or indeed a deeper relationship with you, Lord Jesus. So we thank you for the privilege of being here and being gathered together this evening in your mighty name. We pray for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.